Welcome to another episode of Based News Network. I'm Sophie, aka Joan of Arca, and I'm here with Kayo, aka Punk Revolution Now. Say hi, Kayo. Hi. Um, we're very happy to to be recording another episode today. Um, with the roles talk- switched. With the roles switched, I hope I did a good job. I don't think the roles are switched. I think the roles this time are correct. I feel oh. like the woman should be going first always and Lady, this is ladies first ladies, ladies first. first ladies first doesn't have to be sexist no ladies should, be, ladies should be the first to speak so um hope you guys enjoyed my introduction um feels good feels ladies good to have power. ladies first ladies first so you going first in the podcast was my way of saying i'm sorry for the centuries of you not being able to vote and now we're equal <laughs> base news wow. network Base News Network, Network, in collaboration with Reddit and CNN, <laughs> put Sophie to do the do the introduction, and we've now now we've we made feminism. There's glass falling onto my shoulders from the ceiling breaking, so I might have to go to the doctor after this, but it was worth it. Okay, good. I mean, no, we need we need universal health care for women, but not for men. <laughs> I feel like you've tweeted that before. I believe it still. I believe it. Well, so Kyle with the feminism here. So yeah. Anyways, so Sophie, should I hop into the first news topic? Yes, go for it. All right. So this stuff is. All right. Well, I'm gonna say okay. So I feel like this episode, based off the stuff we have aligned for our news, is um, uh, maybe. Still, kind of depressed. I mean, it's still there's still some dark stuff we're there's gonna do- some, dive into. There's some fun in here, but there's some not fun in this. In here. Not in this. Not in this. Not topic. in the first topic. So hang but in there. It's gonna get fun near the end. We've saved the fun girl stuff for the end. Yeah, and if you're we're gonna get into the bad stuff in the beginning, so we'll get the bad stuff off the table first. And I feel like every news segment gets a little bit less bad. So it's our way of trying to apologize for making the previous episode so depressing. So this is the depressing one, but it's freaking spicy as hell, and we want to report on it, which is the 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 comic of the the Dilbert comic strip, which you've probably have seen in newspapers. You probably read if I I was a fan of the Sunday Sunday comics, so I definitely know this. I, I think most people know it. Maybe not now. I don't know if people read comics anymore, but I feel a, like it's an iconic it's a famous cartoon. comic. It's an you've iconic cartoon. It. You've seen it around, even if you don't You'll read it. You'll recognize I- it. Just look it up, Dilbert. Dilbert. Yeah. So the author of this comic strip is a guy named Scott Adams, who really became like a, you know, obviously he was famous for his comic strip, but he became more of a public figure as like an internet personality during the 2016 election with Trump and Hillary, where he became a pretty prominent open Trump supporter. And fast forward to 2023, Scott Adams is now being removed from a bunch of newspaper, or excuse me, the Dilbert comic, which Scott Adams writes, is now being removed from a lot of newspapers because Scott Adams, in his podcast, radio show, whatever it is, went on one of the most freaking racist rants Sophie and I have ever witnessed from any major public figure. Um, in a long time. In a long ass time. Pretty, sho- pretty shocking stuff. Um, yeah, I, I was incredulous to be honest just listening to it um and i personally had no idea that this this comic 
uh, creator Scott Adams was conservative or racist. I, I didn't really know anything about the creator himself, but I do have a question. Um, did he illustrate the comics too, or just wrote them? I don't know. I think he's like the creator of it. He's, yeah, I he's, know he's yeah, known no, he's as the, the creator. He's so the cartoon. He's the cartoonist. So I think that really, means he's drawing yeah. It. Then he must be the illustrator too. I it doesn't matter. I was just curious. All right, so um, let's di- let's dive in because I know the audience is waiting for it. What the heck did he say? Let's dive into it. So this is you can find it on YouTube. It's there. You know, it's 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 you can read about it, but you have to watch it to really should understand. Should we link it? Should we link it in the description? Thing? Sure, we we can link it. Yeah. But basically, he said that. Okay, so there's a poll he's citing. A a poll from the polling firm Rasmussen is the name of the polling firm. Uh, and just a little context: Rasmussen reports is a pretty conservative polling firm. So they're a polling firm that shows Republicans doing a lot better than they actually do. They're a polling firm that asks questions that are kind of like softball questions that conservative and Republicans can use as ammo. You know, it's just like it's a, it's a polling firm with a very obvious Seems like pretty shady. It's a shady. It's a shady. So Rasmussen reports in their usual conservative fashion asks a question that is obviously designed to cause controversy and uh, provide ammo for white supremacists such as Scott Adams. They ask is they ask, do you agree or disagree with this statement? It's okay to be white. That's the statement. It's okay to be white. Do you agree with or disagree with that statement? So a little context. It's okay to be white is obviously like at face value is not like a immediately like scary phrase like obviously it's okay to be whoever whatever your skin color is but the thing is, is it's okay to be white is a phrase that was coined and popularized by 4chan alt-right trolls who are using this slogan it's okay to be white white as like a like an alt-right white supremacist rallying call. So obviously, if the question is, do you agree with the statement, it's okay to be white, lots of people are going to be saying, yeah, sure, it's okay to be white. I agree with that. But there's lots of people, especially black people who, you know, are pretty keen to these different dog whistles are going to be like, actually, I don't agree with that. So 53% of black people said, I agree with the statement, it's okay to be white. But 26% said they disagree and 21% said they're not sure. So honestly, a pretty small minority of black people said they disagree with the statement. You know, I would I, I would have expected it to be higher. But nonetheless, this small percentage is 26% of black respondents to this one poll on the statement, it's okay to be white. 26% of black people said that's not, they disagree with that statement. Scott Adams took that, you know, took that one small flimsy poll and used it as a justification to go on this long racist rant where he said that white people need to do everything they can to get the hell away from black people, that black people are racist against white people, that living in areas where there's lots of black people decreases your quality of life, that, what else did he say? He he said... He said he keeps seeing videos on social oh, yeah. media of black people beating up white people. He, he said some really weird stuff. Um... He basically concluded that he's he's done with black people. Yeah, he that said that black he, people he can't be I, helped. He that they can't be helped. They have all these opportunities, but they don't take them. Yeah. Um, he also said I used to identify as black because that was the the team I was on. So I you know I'm gonna identify with the team I was on, which is really vague and weird and like kind of 
white savory like just weird shit to say you know yeah um like he, he he said all my life i've done done everything i can to help help black people but you know they don't really want our help so let's get the like we need to get the hell away he was like like didn't he say something too or like i moved to like a more white neighborhood and it's been like better yeah he, he was he was but yeah he literally was saying that like it's your quality of life is better in cities where there's less black people and he was he was he was he was basically calling for like segregation saying black people can't can't be helped everything that they all the issues they have is all their fault and that uh, black people are racist and therefore you know white people need to get away from them so this is just you know extremely racist insane insane like this is all extremely racist stuff it's extremely it's just insane that he took one poll with very weak results, like 26 percent of Black people is a very small percentage. And by the way, conservatives are the same people. And Scott Adams, including, you know, has Scott Adams has said before that you can't trust the polls. You can't trust the polls. And then all of a sudden, you have one poll where 26 percent of Black people say they disagree with a slogan that's been used by white supremacists. A conservative leaning poll. A conservative leaning poll. That's that's trying. It's like literally this poll is trying to find ammo for white supremacists to use as ammo to justify their racist worldview. He takes that one poll, goes on this long ass, insane racist rant that is just horrifying. It's like, oh, my God, like this dude horrifying is like, like, to, like, and also, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, no, no, no. I know we both both have both of us have a lot of feelings about this, but I just saw I, w- I was watching that video and I, I I wanted to see the comments. I wanted to see if his audience agreed with him, and there's a lot of people who do who are saying like like you you're completely right. I I I I adopted this way of thinking years ago, um, and that was there was some of course some comments like saying wow this is a hard watch like this is this is really stupid but a lot of a decent amount of the comments were in favor of of his takes so yeah that really disturbed me and i get that it yes it is his own channel it's coming it's being delivered more directly to to people who are more inclined to agree with him so i understand the bias in that and i and i i'm guarantee i'm very very sure that like most americans or people would disagree with what he said but it's scary to see like this echo chamber of like crazy, like I don't know, people out of their out of their minds, being extremely racist. And there's one very prominent person on Twitter who is defending Scott Adams because basically, obviously, the response from newspapers who host Dilbert has been to not host the Dilbert comic anymore after it becoming just so transparent that and that's a, Scott- that's 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 a standard like PR. Yeah. Practice. And the person, yeah, exactly. And the person defending Scott Adams is Elon Musk. Elon Musk on Twitter yep. is accusing the media of being racist for not running Scott Adams comic strips anymore. Like that, that the level of gaslighting and manipulation to say the media is racist against white people for not endorsing Scott Adams' full-blown white supremacist pro-segregation views. Elon Musk is saying that Scott Adams is a victim of racism by the media. Elon Musk... I, just, I don't get how you can watch that video and, and feel sympathy for him. How there's can, no sympathy. Like, it's just... It's sho- it's very shocking. Yeah, it's it's like... it's It almost feels like they're all like... It, it's like... like 
like Rasmussen polls comes up with this data point. Scott Adams uses this data point to go on a racist rant. Elon Musk, you know, it's like they're all kind of taking turns, like passing, like almost like all pushing the limits. See, how racist can we openly be? How racist can we openly be? And now we got Elon Musk, the guy on Twitter who owns Twitter, tweeting, defending Scott Adams. And I mean, this is just, it's just disgusting. And I want to, I want to reiterate this one point Sophie said, Sophie said, Sophie mentioned that Scott Adams had said in his rant that Scott Adams is seeing every day more videos of black people physically assaulting white people. So for context, you know, every day there's assaults of white people on white people, white people on black people, black people on black people. Like every day there's like physical assaults all around the world, okay? So if, you know, yes, it's true. You can cherry pick videos of black people assaulting white people, you know, but it's, own- it's highly suspicious if your entire feed is that kind of content because it's it's obviously being curated to project a false narrative. Well, this is what this is what white supremacists do is they intentionally yeah. take those because the white white supremacists need they want to feed a narrative that white people are victims to like having to live with black people. You know, so they want to they want to like push a narrative as much as they can. So Scott Adams saying that his entire social media feeds is filled with videos of black people assaulting white people is just him basically just telling the world. Bro is telling on himself. He's telling the whole world that he is he has put himself in a social media bubble full of racists. I mean, that's that's the only like Sophie and I don't yeah. see that shit. You know, we, we could we could I'm sure we could find I'm sure we could find if we wanted to, we can find a video of a white person assaulting a black person every day. You know, we could if we want to, you know, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. We're not going to but that's that's anecdotal evidence. It's oh, cherry picking. look at this person like look at this like it, it, he was the one going on a rant about how how black people aren't taking opportunities to be educated when and his his argument is like the most incoherent like idiotic thing i've heard in a long time so yeah i don't know it's just it's very very weird it feels sophie so. it feels like we're being like gaslit and abused okay to see scott adams go on this incredibly racist rant and then see and then we go on twitter and then elon musk is complaining about how yeah, the media stop is shoving racist this down like normal people's throats like this is disgusting behavior that should not be like promoted by the, elon the musk. ceo of twitter elon musk who has a one of the richest people on the planet one of the richest people on the planet has an insane reach. I feel like everyone is either following Elon Musk or um, his tweets are being pushed to everyone on Twitter. This is being broadcast, broadcasted on a mass scale. And first of all, it's probably very upsetting for like black people to see that stuff, you know, like to see that that being endorsed by such a powerful per- person. And it's also being exposed to people who who can become you know further radicalized by that kind of yeah. those kind of arguments so it, i think it's very irresponsible and and stupid and like no i it's, just don't know how anyone could anyone can see through that how dumb that take is it's just it's a, not i don't incredibly stupid take i don't even think it's i don't even think it's dumb i think it's like it's it's manipulation okay because the phrase it's okay to be white was created by white supremacists in order to do exactly this, in order to try to frame white people as victims. That's a great point. You know? That's a good point. Like, this is like literally like, 
like imagine being a black person and getting this poll in the mail or on a phone call where like you know it's okay to be white is a white supremacist phrase but you have to say you are you agree with it because you're afraid if you say you disagree with it you're gonna give white supremacists justification for their hatred of you like that is like literally like they box you in straight up manipulation it's like you're right you're totally uh, right agree with us white supremacists and if you don't if you don't agree with us then us white supremacists were correct in the first place there's no it's like they boxed you in scott adams is running with it and elon musk now is also running with it too we've i mean we've seen we've seen this you know we've seen it you know these white supremacists just kind of pushing the, you know trump ron DeSantis pushing the boundaries this is just full-blown this is probably one of the worst things elon has done yeah publicly yeah, I mean, like you, you, you can you, you before you could feel it. You can kind of feel the racist implications, kind of you know his his four chan kind of lingo, kind of prodding through. He's but now this is just full blown. Yeah, now this is like full blown. Like I I endorse I endorse a, a, a right wing talking point. I endorse. Uh, he also you know, said he also tweeted too in response like to himself. He said for a long time the United States used to be, you know, racist against uh, black people or people, something like that. But now, now that it's shifted and now people are racist against whites. Did you see that tweet? I saw it. I see it. I have it right in front of me. It's insane. It's insane. So, I mean, I have no words for this. Um, I guess, you know, that's, that's the, that's the outrageous opening topic. Um, You know, obviously, you know, this is something that like Scott Adams and a lot of people have like have very strong emotional feelings about. And then finally, they have like a poll that like they that they are using just to grasp just to like as an excuse to just let it all out. Uh, you know, we it, it's like, you know, you, you hear you hear a lot of like um, conservatives say like, oh, leftists are calling everyone racist, but there's no racism. You know, leftists always call people racist, even though there's no racism or racism isn't that big of a deal in America. But then literally you give just like a teeny tiny 26% of black people who disagree with the phrase, it's okay to be white. And then boom, they just go full mask off. They just show you everything they've got. So enraging, disgusting, but not surprising. Yeah. So, so the next topic is maybe a little more optimistic. I would hope. Um, I love I love the next topic. To me, this yeah. is yeah. It's it's connected. It's connected. So the next topic is actually about Fox News. Um. So you know, one question I've always had is you know when Tucker Carlson and these Fox News hosts go on TV and spread vile propaganda about the election being stolen, about you know trans people, whatever, there's always the big question in my head. Does Tucker Carlson know he's lying through his teeth in order to, you know, dupe his audience into continuing to watch him because he knows that's what gets views? Or does he actually believe the stupid the stupid stuff he's saying? And I've always believed the truth is somewhere in the middle. But um, there's actually a lot of new documentation that shows the truth is actually not as much in the middle as you think. And it kind of does look like a lot of these Fox News hosts do flat out know they are lying. They do flat out know a lot of their talking points that they're pushing is bullcrap, but they are going ahead and pushing it anyways uh, because they know that's when it get what's going to get them the most views. And this comes with a lawsuit against Fox News. So there is the Dominion Voting Systems company, 
which made the the software, the technology behind the the voting, the the election systems that were used to count the votes in in the 2020 election. Lots of conspiracy theorists were saying that Dominion voting systems were somehow compromised, that their voting systems were rigged or whatever, and Donald Trump actually won the election, blah, 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 blah. But because the Dominion voting systems were rigged, it said Joe Biden won even though he didn't. Complete conspiracy theory. Trump obviously picked up on this conspiracy theory. And along with that, Fox News also repeatedly over and over again had lots of guests on, continued pushing this idea that somehow Dominion voting systems was actually fraudulent and rigged and that somehow the election was actually, um, you know, won by Trump but stolen by Joe Biden. So Dominion voting systems puts a lawsuit forward of over a billion dollars to Fox News saying, you have destroyed our company's reputation. You know, us people who work at Dominion Voting Systems, owners of Dominion Voting Systems have had lots of death threats from these conspiracy theories. We are suing you for defamation. And in this lawsuit, Dominion Voting Systems and their lawyers actually managed to get their hands on thousands of internal Fox News documents that were handed over to Dominion Voting Systems of text messages between Fox News hosts, Fox News employees, emails between them, all showing... Literally, I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read some of these text messages just right off the. This is yeah. this is this is from Tucker Carlson to to Pfeiffer to Mr. Pfeiffer. What's his first name? Um, uh, Alex Pfeiffer. Alex Pfeiffer, who's a producer of the Tucker Carlson Carlson show. Tucker Carlson texts uh, Alex Pfeiffer. This software shit is absurd. I don't think there's evidence of fraud that swung the election. Sidney Powell, who's Sidney Powell, is one of the, the the leading conspiracy theorists that that Fox News continued to have on their show, pushing the the conspiracy theory against Dominion voting system. Tucker Carlson texted, "Sidney Powell is lying," like just straight up saying, you know, she is a nutcase. You know, like literally just, you know, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, just you know the. Alex Pfeiffer, a lot, you know, just lots of people, big figures in Fox News, all texting each other about how they think this, you know, this big lie that the election was stolen. They're all texting each other that they think it's bullshit. Like, they, they all are saying, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, you know? But they continued to push the, the push this story. They continued to have Sidney Powell, who they were calling a liar, onto the show because, as these internal documents show... These hosts were worried that if they didn't push these lies, that they would lose their audience to Newsmax and other conservative media. So they will, they, they knew that they were lying, and then they went on TV and lied anyways because that's what they knew they had to do to maintain their, their viewership. And, um, you know, defamation. Very, very messed up and irresponsible. And de- it is depressing in a way that that this is uh, that that people are willing to lie about things and create chaos and and hatred and division for 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 attend for for media coverage for for views you know yeah exactly i mean this is something that obviously lots of people who watch you know who are, you know left wing people and cent- even centrist people who who watch Fox News knows that Fox News kind of 
is full of shit and, and engages in highly unethical practices for money. But now right, we have but like it just the making cold, it so much more transparent. Now we have the cold hard documents to prove it. And the thing is, is with with defamation, defamation because of like the First Amendment with free speech laws. Defamation is an extremely hard thing to sue someone for. In order to right. in order for something to count as defamation, not only does Fox News need to lie about someone and hurt their brand and and have someone lose money, but they have to lie while willingly knowing that what they are saying is a lie, which is an extremely high bar because how often does someone how often are you able to prove that someone is knowingly lying about something that's a very hard thing to prove you know you can show that someone is lying but to show that before they went and made those statements they knew that they were about to lie that's a very hard thing to prove and somehow somehow you have like just like cold hard like text messages saying like yeah this is you know these are lies you know like you can't get more you can't like literally like let me see uh yeah, you know, text message literally saying like, "Oh yeah, Sidney Powell is lying." A text message from Carlson to his producer about a guest they're having on over and over again, like literally but saying, you know "Yep." What's gonna, you know what's gonna happen though is like, and I know you know this, but everyone like <laughs> people, fans of Fox News and conservatives and the far far right people are just gonna be like, "Oh, this is a part of a bigger conspiracy." Yeah, by, yeah. To 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 silence. Fox News to silence Tucker Carlson, to silence the truth. And I, I, if anything, I feel like maybe they'll trust Fox News even more. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think it, there's any trusting, um, or I'm sorry, there's no convincing like these nutcases. Like, like, like Tucker Carlson and his producers were saying like, yep, these are lies, but we have to go on. We have to go on camera and lie because if we don't lie and we tell them the truth that the election wasn't stolen, we are going to lose our audience to to the even more right wing, more crazy uh, news outlets. So you know, I think even Fox News knows that there's no there's no negotiating with these these far right crazy conspiracy theorists like Scott Adams. You know, you got like if 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 you want to if you want to maximize your profits, you got to go go on and lie. But the one thing that gives me hope is i think given just how insanely like like black and white the evidence is here against fox news and look i'm not a lawyer i know defamation is a very hard thing to prove but i think there's a solid chance that fox news could end up paying a a hefty fine uh for for this uh defamation um i don't know exactly if that's if that's how things are going to play out obviously but at least hopefully that could maybe financially incentivize them to try to somewhat stick closer to the truth if they know if they really go off the rails and have far-right conspiracy theorists on regularly. It could result in, in you know, financial punishment with defamation lawsuits. I am not very optimistic that Fox News is ever going to change. You know, they've, they've got a pretty organized system, and they've got lots and lots of people you know, it's not just Tucker Carlson. Like I said, you, you can you can read the documents. There's lots and lots of people. Um, you know, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, all of these people. They all know what they're doing, and they're doing it anyways. So, I don't know, but um, it's it's kind of enraging on the one hand, but it's also satisfying to see a sl- like a sliver of justice with all these humiliating documents about Fox News coming out, and hopefully on top of that. A, a defamation suit that's actually going to make Fox News have to pay 
uh, a fine, hopefully a pretty hefty fine for their nonstop, um, you know, lying. Yeah. So, so great news for us CNN heads, right? Yes. Yes. Base News Network would never lie. Base not, News Network. Not on purpose, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we we Base News Network. The only time we've ever lied. Actually, I'm not even gonna say. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Among Us is epic, so. Um. <laughs> okay, fine. We don't really we we don't really have a partnership with Reddit and CNN. That's we're just manifesting that someday we will. So. We have we have more of a. It's not exactly a, a partnership. It's more like a. Like a. Like we're kind of like their their child. Yeah, but but maybe it could turn into something a little more serious. We're like a child. Yeah, we're like their their baby. If we're like if CNN and Reddit had a baby. Wow, that's 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 perfectly true. Oh my goodness. Oh, Sophie, maybe we should start promoting our podcast as CNN and Reddit had a baby. That's a good idea. That's not a bad idea at all. Actually. All right. Okay. I'll, so write a pr- I'll, I'll write a press release for the, the podcast of CNN and Reddit. <laughs> who who wouldn't want to who wouldn't want to listen to that amazing podcast? I, I I have no I have no clue. So if you're a Fox News head and you're listening to our podcast and you're like, wow, they're making some good points, become a Base News Network head, which is CNN and Reddit combined. So you get a little mm. bit of Reddit, you get a little CNN. So yeah, a little bit of CIA, a little bit of Reddit, a little CNN, and a little bit of um, um, Among Us. You know, so all of our favorite <laughs> things. Um, thinking, thinking of my favorite things. One of my favorite thingies is Lana Del Rey. Well, I don't know. I like Lana Del Rey. I don't know. She's my. Fa- she's not my favorite artist of all time or anything like that. But I've been a fan of Lana since like Born to Die, and I admittedly know that she's cringe. But I think that her music has gotten better at, at uh, with uh, Norman Effing Rockwell, and I do enjoy like a lot of her songs, even if I know the lyrics are kind of dumb. I, I like her. I think she's funny. Um, so the the news with Lana is uh, yes, she did just uh, release a new song, which I do like. Um, but the but the but the big news here is that her father is releasing his debut album uh, called Lost at Sea, produced by Jack Antonoff and featuring wait. vocals from Lana on some of the some of the songs. So. No, wait, no, 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 wait. That's the name of the song. The name of the song mm-hmm. is Lost at Sea. Oh. Wait, what? No, no, no setting, you're right. No, setting sails. The name of the song. Oh crap! Okay, so obviously. Okay, well, I'm I just took an L. Feminism so, prevails. Feminism, pre- whatever you do, don't interrupt a woman talking to tell her she was wrong when you were <laughs> wrong and the woman was right because that's how it is 99.9% of the time and the whole world oh. is going to see you on the podcast. It's okay. We all make mistakes. So, yeah. So the song is, it, 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 it's hard. It's hard because they're both very like nautical, you know? So the debut album is called Lost at Sea. Um, and the, he released a single, Setting Sail, and he, of, of the song, he, he said, Rob Grant, by the way, uh, Lana's real name is Elizabeth Grant, so Rob Grant said, Setting Sail is a piano piece that I composed about the happiness and freedom I felt as I would set 
set sail out of Newport in my 25-foot sloop Erewhon. I don't know. Heading out of the islands of Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. Okay, so... That that was that was the most like white rich dad thing I've ever heard. He named his boat Air Juan or Erehol. I don't Erehol. Are we looking? Are we looking at the same E R E W H O N? It looks Erewhon. Okay, maybe it's easier to pronounce than I thought. But I I don't know. But the Martha's Vineyards in Mar- Massachusetts and just like the fact that it's about it's literally like I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Yeah, exactly. And if you know me very intimately, if you know me intimately, you know that I freaking love anything that has to do with with the ocean or in water and boats. Mm-hmm. I love, I love water motifs like ocean motifs. I love boats. I love Titanic. I love drowning themes. I love, I love Titanic Rising. I love, I love The Awakening by Kate Chopin. I love. I love um, La Mer. I love um, all the water thingies in the ocean. So I, 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 I was, you know, I was inclined to be excited about this. Um, just for context, Rob Grant is like seventy years old. So it's kind of cool to see such an such an old guy, you know, get into get into the music thingy with his first debut album. So. I said yeah. first debut album that was redundant, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, you know, so so there's a few things. So um I don't know if did you already mention that the music is just like just like instrumental piano? Yeah, did you listen to it? No, yeah, I I listen I listened to it. It's totally so, like So so yeah. we ahead. agree that it's it's not good, right? It's just it's it's I don't even I've listened to it. I don't remember what it sounds like. It's not memorable, but it's just a very like um I don't know, juvenile or kind of like surface level like piano chord progression that isn't really interesting in any way very just not remarkable at all i mean i guess you know he can play the piano all right you know it's but it's just not nothing really special just very generic um and of course i wasn't expecting it to be amazing i mean the novelty here is that it's it's lana del rey's dad you know and i I feel like that might be disrespectful to him and i i want to give him a chance but I don't know. I, I was expecting some singing too, but no, I, I guess well, not. I mean, it, did, it was also this. The weird thing is, it's literally just Tim playing on the piano, but it's like produced by Jack Antonoff, which is really funny because it's like yeah, because it's literally so just Jack Antonoff just putting a microphone like next to a piano. <laughs> I know, and like know. hitting record, but like obviously. So I, Sophie, I, I have honestly a little bit more of a cynical interpretation of this this record here. Which is that, um, you know, I know Lana Del Rey releases like a lot of content outside of her 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 usual music that like really enhances her. Well, it just keeps keeps the you know just keeps a consistent buzz about Lana Del Rey with her like poetry, and I know she had like a, a poet like a spoken word album and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I, you know this 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 album coming out by her dad is coming out like a few weeks after Lana Del Rey's new album is coming out. And I kind of frankly see this as like a way to like give Lana Del Rey like a second boost, you know, after a few mm. weeks after she released her album. Oh, Lana Del Rey's dad's out, you know, came out. Lana Del Rey's name is in the news again a month after her album. And then everyone goes and revisits Lana Del Rey's album, 
you know, like mm, kind of like a, a release schedule, that. you know. Um, I mean, because this, so because guys, Kaio is shading Lana right now. Well, you know, this I'm is, kidding. I'm kidding. I don't care. Because <laughs> I mean, there's definitely something. In, there's something definitely like I think there's something self-aware about how like ridiculous this is. Like, I don't like I I don't know. Like looking yeah, at the yeah. album artwork, like him on a boat. Like looking Looks like just a like rich the Norman Effing Rockwell cover, which I, I actually like the cover because it's reminiscent of yeah. the album. But well, I th- yeah, yeah. Uh, the the new album cover looks like if it has like that gray color filter. That's the same one as like the Alpha Chad Giga Chad, uh, you know, yeah. black and white guy. So it's like you take that color, put it on like the Norman Effing Rockwell, and then have Lana Del Rey's dad on it instead of Lana Del Rey. You know, I think it's kind of funny. And, you know, obviously, I do think, you know, that Lana Del's Ray's dad probably loves music. You know, I don't I don't doubt that he loves playing the piano and he has like a strong emotional connection to the piano that he's playing. In the, it's almost in the sweet. It's kind, it's kind of sweet. But can't you picture you can't you picture Lana Del Rey and like Jack Antonoff, like smoking a joint together and laughing? I, I, oh, my God. I, wouldn't it be so funny if your dad released an album? Yeah. You know, like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, my God, we got to do it. It'll be so easy. And then, like, we can have that, like, as, like, a, a thing <laughs> that comes that's, out a month after yeah. our album. You know, like. Oh, that's possible. But just, I think I'm biased here. I think, I, and ladies, I know you'll agree. I think Jack, Jack Antonoff is the mastermind behind it all. I think he's the mastermind. And I think he's taking advantage of Lana and all the pop girls and oh. trolling. Oh, did you see the video of Jack Antonoff um, playing that Beatles song on the bus? No. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, Jack Antonoff's band. What is it called? Like, what's the name of Jack Antonoff's Bleachers? Band? Bleachers? Bleachers, yeah. Bleachers did a cover of um, Hard Day, was it Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. Oh, God. Oh and, God. and Jack Antonoff's like, it's a hard day's night. <laughs> I'm like a dog. It's like so, like ill, bro. You think you're hot shit, so but you cringe. suck. You suck. He's so cringe. I just uh, like I almost love him because of how cringy he is, but it's just sometimes he just takes it way too far, you know. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I feel like Jack Antonoff's behind it all. I think he's he's been pulling the strings as far as with Lana for a, for a long time now, ever since Norman Effing Rockwell, which remains in my opinion her best album so i am grateful for that but the rest after haven't compared but i did like the new single from lana so did you like it did you listen to it i listened to like the first minute and i didn't finish it not because i thought the first minute was bad but just because i didn't feel like finishing it and like it sounded <laughs> it sounded better than like the first minute sounded better well, than well it sounds albums. it sounds real it's it, it's a long song it changes like a lot in the song like it it, it like turns into a different song that to me is promising. Maybe it's really it's- cool. You should listen to it. Ugh, I have mixed feelings about it. Okay, I, I, I for a while like it's like okay, do I like this? Do I not like it? Do I not? Do I like it? Do I not like it? Um, the one thing is, uh, Lana will make a good song, and then there'll be like one lyric that I just is super cringe, and that's what I feel like. I don't know, like the American bleep part. I don't really like that line, but um, that that's just because I think it's cringe, but. I, I kind of like like the song and then it gets like really weird at the end. It like turns into a completely different song. So mm. I it's 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 a very it feels like elevated for her. In a yeah, way. Le- yeah, I mean I haven't listened to it and 
you know, just because you there's should. a change, yeah, just because there's a change doesn't make a song necessarily good, but it at least demonstrates there's like a motivation to be creative and try but it's something. It's kind of like a cool sound, like honestly, you should listen to it. All right, and t- tell me it. if it's good because I rely on your opinions on music to figure out if things are good or not. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I, right. I'd like a sec- second opinion. So. Okay. All right. Sophie, you have good taste in music, so. But anyways, I was gonna say, I I I think this top ties in real quick. I just want to to say, and I haven't really formally announced this on Instagram or YouTube. Not a big not a big announcement, but I will at some point in the next few months be releasing a Fireman hot sauce. Um, so you know, my band Fireman just released our our debut album, Yourself Is Fire, and we have a friend who is making hot sauce like promote like it's literally going to be like fireman themed hot sauce we're going to have like 25 bottles you can buy i'm sure it tastes amazing but my you know my friend is making them with like the point is is like the hot sauce obviously is not a is not a critical component to the to the album but it's a it's like a fun little thing that we can do as a band and it also is it serves the benefit just as like a you know transparent if we're releasing fireman hot sauce like three four months after the album drops all of a sudden we have an excuse to talk about fireman on instagram again people are going to buy the hot sauce people are going to go listen to the album again it's a way to keep the buzz of the band going mm. you know that's just that's just so, like the tr- so that's just a- he he kyle opens up about after trolling lana he he admits he d- he's doing the same thing just kidding well kidding. i'm si- well I'm, I'm just saying i'm look. kidding it's I'm that's kidding, the it's the, it's the fun. Really I'm not no I'm not tro- I'm not trolling I'm not trolling I'm just telling you how it is and this is the thing this is like this is still like a lot of fun and artistic like we're doing the hot sauce thing because it's yeah. fun you know we're not doing yeah. the hot sauce thing explicitly because it's just like it goes hand in hand like oh we get to do the hot sauce thing and it's also gonna help and I think I think the same thing is true with Lana Del Rey's dad's yeah. album where it's yeah. like yes it's true that I'm sure her dad loves music. Yes, it's kind of fun and entertaining. I'm sure Jack Antonoff had fun recording it. You know, I'm sure it's fun for them. But there's also, you know, I do think, you know, like we're talking about it on this podcast for a reason. It is a buzzy kind of stupid fun little thing that's going to help Lana Del Rey continue to get her name in the news more both before and after her album comes out, which is exactly what you want with an album and she's rollout. A mas- she's a mastermind of this because she's always releasing music. She's like Taylor Swift in that she's always releasing music yeah these days and except i you know how i feel about taylor so yeah well i i feel i i don't know i feel like i feel i i'm actually pretty i'm not gonna say optimistic but i i think this next lana del rey album is going to be better than her previous oh it definitely it definitely is just based on the song yeah and she's kind of returning to her old aesthetic of like um like kind of like a bad girl like cutesy dollette like yeah yeah like, you know, this, like, like, I don't know if you saw the f- new photo shoot she had. I, uh, I was, I don't know. She looked like herself again. You know, she had this period where she was really, she just didn't really try with her fashion, which is fine. You know, she doesn't have to do that. But, you know, I think a, a, the big appeal for, for Lana, as far as in the fans eyes, is they, they, they idolize how she dresses and her, her presence. She's a, she's not a character necessarily, but Maybe in her earlier music she is. She she draws all these references from like femme fatales and like movies and old Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Like she has so many references and she's she's just like known as a glamorous person or, or used to rather. And she's kind of had a slump where like after Norman fucking Rockwell, like her music wasn't as good and 
she was really going like for the stripped back sound, Jack Antonoff influence, and it just didn't deliver like it used to as, as like as far as not only the music but the the vibe. So um, yeah. I see Lana returning to her like '60s vibe, and that makes me just already more optimistic that the music's gonna be better. Honestly. And I have to say, you know, Lana Del Rey has always been doing things to keep, and, you know, you might disagree with this. I feel like she's always been doing things here and there to keep her name a, a little buzzy in the news. Yeah, like, and, remember question for the, a question for the culture? Uh, well, I was going to say her, like, dating, like, a cop. And like also oh, the photo yeah. sh- and the photo shoot in front of like the detention center. Like I, I personally think a that lot of these awesome. things. I think a lot of these and posting the mat the mask with a bunch of holes in it. Like I, I frankly think a lot of these things are intentional. She's almost she's almost hilarious. Like I, I she's like she's like the. Hmm, I was just gonna say she's the evil version of Taylor Swift, but I would flip it around. Just kidding. I, I, They're both I evil. Like, I like for uh, well. I like Lana. I'll for, I but, like forgive but, it. I think it's funny. But like Sophie, it. the thing is, is like this is promising that that Lana Del Rey is using this like kind of funny thing with her dad to promote her album instead of like kind of like weird like fake racist controversies that I think she was kind of leaning into a little bit before for her previous album releases. And I think her 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 weird controversies before were kind of crappy controversies to go along with crappy albums well i feel like this is like a, a kind of interesting promotional idea that hopefully will go along with a kind of interesting album that's my that's my view of it personally yeah, good good point so listen listen to the song let me know if it's good i absolutely shall thank you it's national boy the day we're recording this is national oh. boy hug girls day oh so you, yeah you better oh, i gotta freaking... i gotta i gotta step my game up yeah, all right i'll, I'll make a post i'll a make a metaphor- post a metaphor okay yeah you gotta make a post and you gotta make a metaphor metaphorically hug me by while listening to the song and tell me telling me if it's good because i really want to know what you think okay okay we'll we'll do (laughs) in the name of feminism i shall yay all right ready for our last topic yes sir all righty so we sophie and i watched the movie triangle of sadness which came out in october of 2022 and it um it's yeah i think it was pretty pretty critically acclaimed satirical yeah it's nominated for an oscar best picture nominated for an oscar sophie uh i know you were talking about um charlby was that her name charlby charlby her c-h-a-r-l-b-i Charles B. Dean. Dean. She was, yeah, she was a, um, a, I believe South African uh, actress, um, who passed away very pretty recently. Um, thirty-two years old, very young, beautiful. She was engaged, but um, she passed away, um, due to an a sepsis infection because years prior she had gotten in a car crash and she had her spleen removed and got this life-saving surgery um but that kind of that kind of invasive procedure makes you a lot more prone to infection so um like days before she passed away she felt sick and complained of like illness and went to the hospital and she died and it's i don't know it's just really sad it's really oh. sad 
it's really sad because she is she is like she's not like only sh- the main character like one of the main characters in the movie yeah and, i mean she is like yeah she's a main character she does a great job acting and i mean in the movie she's acting as like a model like a supermodel instagram influencer and that's you know a proper proper casting for her because she is like a very beautiful person so you got like a beautiful talented young woman in like a, a you know a, an award-winning movie kind of, kind of up and coming too up and you coming know? you know like this like i could have seen her re- like i think she did a great job in this role i could have seen her continue to do like really big things become a huge name in movies you know and then for her to like have totally. this fantastic award-winning role and then die it's just like it makes you it's like it's you kind of think such a tragic way yeah, too, you, know? you like t- there's almost like a part of you that thinks if you're someone who's like rich and famous and like beautiful, you're like immune to like weird health complications that just kill you out of nowhere in a, in a way, you know. But I know it's I it's kind of scary. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just I don't know. For me, like I, I guess while I was watching the movie, I got really hung up on that and I couldn't stop thinking about it. It made me really sad. Um, yeah. I I've been thinking about her a lot like the past week. <laughs> It's just really sad. Um, I don't know. I love I love her hair. Yeah, no, she she was very entertaining in the movie, funny. Yeah. You know, it's a comedy, but you know, I think um, you know Sophie and I. I think we both really really enjoyed the movie. Um, I was laughing really hard. Yeah. You know? yeah, there's a there's a highlight with um, Woody Harrelson and uh, who, by the way, just went, did you see that? He just went on a uh, anti-vax rant on SNL just now. Oh come on! I, know, I, and I used to love. I used to love him, and Kyle saw him perform. I saw him on SNL, SNL. live because he went yeah. to SNL and saw him live. So he returned to the SNL stage literally last night and ranted about ranted. Did it, went on an anti-vax rant. So that's okay, let's, really disappointing. <laughs> but let's just right, divorce the, him from the situation in the film in the he movie slays, he slays in the movie in the movie he plays a socialist like a really like funny charming socialist it's awesome like there's this not scene. not in the way you'd expect he's a captain of a ship yeah he's like a rich american captain on like a ship of a yacht and there's this really funny scene where you, you have like marxist woody harrelson get wasted with like capitalist russian oligarch of the former yeah. ussr and they just get drunk and they're like both obviously the 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 rich russian oligarch who who lived through the ussr is like super pro capitalism and woody harrelson in this movie is super pro socialism and they're both like wasted and they're giving like little jabs at each other like kind of you know quoting sparring. famous marxists or quoting yeah. fa- famous capitalists to own each Margaret other Margaret Thatcher and, versus Karl Marx you know. but they're having fun you know they're like so drunk it's really and sweet there's chaos all around them but they're just it's very yeah. sweet it's hilarious yeah it it's was, like it was really wholesome in a way too <laughs> yeah it's funny. like it, it's it's like there's like all these intense class dynamics on the ship and like the movie manages to like kind of release that tension with a very humorous kind of like wasted drunk political humorous like i don't even know what the right that's, word for that's it how is. i it's wish just... politics were that'd be fun yeah it's a it's a fun movie you know and I, you know i can't help but sophie and i were comparing this movie to the menu which is also yeah. a movie that is a satire with very intense commentary on rich versus poor class conflict 
And I feel like this movie basically did what the menu was trying to do a million times better. I feel like the humor was way funnier. I feel like the the political commentary was way more like Nuanced interesting, and complex. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. I feel like so the thing with like if you're going to cri- like criticize capitalism, you know, you got to make sure that you're criticizing capitalism, okay? Because the the idea that rich people are bad that is not a critique of capitalism. Okay, that's a critic that's a criticism of of rich people. You have to criticize the incentives of the system that make rich people do things that are, you know, bad for society. That's like, you can't just say rich people are bad. That's not what like... Yeah, that's and not that's what, like, what the that's... menu did. The menu was just straight up rich people are bad. Like, just yeah. like said that verbally, essentially. Yeah. It's a classic well, this... like showing versus telling. Exactly. Kind of comparison well, this movie here. showed, this movie showed the, you know, there is... You know, and they showed it wasn't so black and white as like boss versus employee. You know, there was race, class, gender, yeah. all kind of coming in there. And then there was conflict it, and like camaraderie. And co- yeah, yeah. And then also a lot of you know, interesting like, gender dynamics too. Yeah, yeah, gender. Yeah, exactly. And then also kind of like you know the like the I don't, I don't know like this like I said this the intellectual sparring between the the Russian capitalist and the American communist you know kind of both of them poking fun at each other for being it's, hypocrites it's and also, stuff it's not like pretentious either it's like accessible no. and funny no you know yeah exactly and things things can be complex and not pretentious if that makes sense you know what I mean and exactly. I feel like it achieved both of those things um, the menu whereas the, the menu, menu is not complex in my opinion the but menu is pretentious. Yeah, the menu is simple, black and white, very, you know, concrete understanding of class in a very pretentious manner. While this movie is the opposite where it's not pretentious, it's funny, it's lighthearted, it's hilarious with like I think Low some key, very thought-provoking. I feel like the menu has like r slash two sentence horror vibes. r slash I am 14 and this is deep. <laughs> Literally. <Yeah. laughs> so So uh, yeah, and and then and then I love how you know it's the the last third of the movie. Sophie and I kind of acknowledged is like the weakest portion. Where spoiler still, alert, they still end, good. They yeah, end spoiler, up on an spoiler, island. Spoiler, spoiler. They the, the 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 yacht the yacht crashes and they end up on an island. And you see all these weird class conflict dynamics play out in a new anarcho communist you know, you know matriarchy environment. And all of a sudden, so you epic. see. You know, and it's it's just kind of it's just like a fun like thought experiment. It's like a fun, cute, weird, it is a f- fun th- thought experiment. It's a fun thought experiment. You and know, I like, like you could... the endings ambiguous in its way, and uh, yeah, you know, it evokes interesting questions. It's yeah, not about, super like yeah. explicit, and it's what it's saying. The ending, think. yeah, yeah. The ending kind of is a little bit up to you to determine what happens or how you know or it's this. Up yeah, to exactly. You. It's kind of like the end of Inception. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, yeah, and I honestly haven't really thought too much about what I think of the ending, like, as far as, like, how I've interpreted it yet. I just haven't had the, I haven't, like, sat down and thought about it that much. But I think you could make some interesting cases. I'm a little bit bummed, Sophie, because the menu has a higher rating on both Rotten Tomato and Metacritic than Triangle of Sadness. Uh, what about Letterboxd? I, think... I only trust Letterboxd. <laughs> just kidding. No. Oh, actually, let me let me pull that up. Okay, I'll I'll do the menu. You do you do Triangle of Sadness. All right, Triangle. Triangle of Sadness. I misspelled Triangle. 
Yay. <laughs> All right, here we go. So Triangle of Sadness has a 3.8. Okay, well, the menu has a 3.7. So this is how you know Letterboxd is your best source for movie reviews. Yes. And but so it, what, it should be it should be a little there should be more of a gap in my opinion but well, uh, this movie has everything you need it has yeah, humor it, does. it has bo- boats sophie loves boats so you got a boat Check. i love fucking oh sorry for i freaking love boats you got you got boats you got politics you got humor you got a, yeah. a beautiful a, a gorgeous beautiful actress who 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 died? Which actually is not a good well, thing. Actually, that's not that's not that's not a, sorry. That's not good. All right, okay. taking it it's back. Okay. It's okay. It's it's yeah. It's not good, but it's it's you know it definitely makes the the viewing experience more poignant and emotional and sad. But and like I don't know. It makes you. I think it makes it forces you to uh, pay more attention and invest more in it. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't have anything particularly profound to say about this but and i don't i don't have any conclusive thoughts on it but don't you think it's a little ironic that there's been like five six seven movies where like the message is that rich people are bad to all yeah. come out in the past year and movies are an extremely ex- you know expensive thing to produce yeah, like, and make made yeah, you know. like mostly cast casting people who are rich is too like it's just i know it is ironic and, and it's but then again like i don't know it's sad because like i'm sure there are people who would love to tell stories like that with like with those themes who are you know also who are not wealthy people who cannot finance their their vision you know what i mean so like the only the only the only way like stuff like that can be financed is if it's like created and funded by rich people but you know so that's the only way you're going to get them but of course that kind of takes away the message a bit because i mean i mean obviously rich rich people people making movies saying rich people are bad yeah rich people can be self-aware there's a lot i mean i'd say a lot of like like i think like angles you know like marx and angles like angles was very wealthy you know obviously there's lots of socialists and like leftists who are of a rich background and want to tell those like leftist narratives. But I think, you know, besides the irony of it, I, you know, I'm not trying to say, Oh, you, you know, how dare you have an iPhone and be socialist. I'm just trying to say like, it does seem like in a weird ironic way, it does seem like socialism right now is very like trendy. In vogue. You know? Yeah. It's in vogue, you know, which is, I mean, I'm cool with it. You know, I think it's a, it's a very superficial version of it. But... The, yeah. The men, the menu, <laughs> the menu, <laughs> the menu. We're going to keep roasting the, the menu. We're in the menu of, of politics right now. <laughs> yeah, we're in the menu of politics. Oh, God. Yeah. Yay. So, yeah. Oh, God. And then and then there's, like, in the midst of it, there's just, like, the new Top Gun movie, which is, like, very epic pro-military yeah. badass. Kyle loved you know? it. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And, I, you know, and obviously, I, I agree more with, like, the, lef- the leftist narratives than the Top Gun narrative. But I think Top Gun, just watching a dumb... Feels you know, more honest kill the, about what the they're kill, d- kill the bad guys movie. It's just like, oh, this is refreshing. Finally, a movie that's like, you know, dumb. It <laughs> has like, you know, finally. Yeah, yeah. So Sophie Maybe. and I are gonna see Cocaine Bear. Oh God, yeah. And I was just, I was just trying to think of like other mo- big movies right now that are nominated, and I thought of Tar, and I'm like, okay, Tar is not. A-, and then I realized, okay, yeah, it is about rich people. 
We Never have Tar. <laughs> but Tar is a very sophisticated way approach, in my opinion. Tar was that. awesome. Tar is great. We have, so the menu, we have uh, Tar. The menu sucks. Is the menu, the menu I don't really think it is. I don't think it is, but I could be wrong. Um, I would say this for like a movie that wasn't really much. Okay, it was about class actually, but it was. I think it was a lot more. Uh, it was more about um, family relationships, like, everything, and among us all at once. You know. Um, <laughs> that movie i feel like it deals with class and race in an interesting way to everything uh, everyone everything and every, oh, that, every was good, that was good but sophie every, think about the, it. among us yeah. we, we have we have we got tar triangle of sadness the menu they all start onion, with teas glass onion <laughs> oh that was interesting Wait, okay, I have four. I know there's more. Was nope was nope about class? Probably was. Um, I don't remember. I think it was not as much about class and more. It was about probably like more sens- about race, sa- but like sensationalism and stuff. I think. All right. Well, anyways, maybe I'm wrong, but oh, uh, oh yeah, barbarian. Oh, another one. Kai, I mean, there's no doubt that 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 that's a a big. I I would call it the get out effect. Oh yeah, yeah. Sophie and I have talked about this, but. Um, which is fine, but we're, you know, it's, in, we'll, we'll see where movies go next, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, um, I mean, it's obviously a good thing. So, uh, net, it's a net positive, even it though can some be done well. it can, of, it can be done well. It can yeah. be. I mean, I thought it was, I thought 2022 was a great year for movies just with like tar alone, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely. Too, so. yeah. Every, what is everything in anything all is that what it's called yeah sorry I get everything everywhere all at once everything and everywhere every, everywhere all at once everything everywhere all at once everything everywhere all among us epic among us it's it's pretty pretty great film and um it, it's not my i i do prefer tar i think i do prefer tar but it's there's no doubt that it's a very you know emotional film and it's very funny and beautiful and sweet um, a lot of people th- say that that's going to take best picture and I wouldn't be surprised um, about that. And I guess like, I don't know, that 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 was a really good good film for 2022. Would you would you agree? Pretty solid film, agree. right? I would yeah. agree. So I'm sorry I am a tar head. I'm a tar <laughs> gang. <laughs> but, <laughs> that sounds really weird. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been influenced by my brothers a little bit hanging out with ben- them too much been watching too much too much scott adams oh no 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 that's that's not true all right so sophie anything else before we wrap the episode up i don't think so i think i think we're at the end so i did the introduction do you want to do the closing remarks um so uh thanks for reviewing the podcast <laughs> it helps and follow us on instagram i hit 20k followers sophie hit 150 thousand followers so yay yes. and um among us among us is epic um base news network base news network bye